Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Forn. I'm the author of Owning It, Your Bullshit-Free Guide to Living with Anxiety, and The Confidence Kit, which is my second book. And my third book is called Naked, 10 Truths to Change Your Life, and that's going to be out this coming January. Obviously, I was delayed with the pandemic. There was no bookshops open. There was nothing happening. So my publishers decided to put it on hold. Um, But as we're getting closer to that date now, Christmas is almost approaching. I want to remind people that that is coming. So if you want to pre-order it, you can do so via so many different outlets online and bookstores online. Um, And I I will obviously tell you more about it as the time draws near. Uh, But for this episode, we're we're starting to wind down season four now. Um, Don't worry, I will be back with season five before you know it. I need to take a little bit of time out to um, be there for my, my new Baba. But for this episode, I wanted to take time out again to answer some of your questions. Um, I've had a lot of guests this season and for, for now, I've had so many questions come, in, come into me on Instagram. I thought it would make sense to sit down and just go through some of them um, and, and hopefully answer a lot of them in one go. But we'll see how many I get through. Um, so thank you so much to those of you who submitted questions. Never hesitate sending me a question. Um, if I can't message you back on DM, I will try to get to it eventually in an episode like this. Uh, so I'm just going to lash through them. And um, if you're enjoying this podcast and you find it helpful, as always, your support means the world, whether that's buying a copy of the book or sharing the podcast or leaving a nice review, obviously not a bad review. And um, also there is a new supporter function on Acast, um, which you might have heard at the beginning of this episode, where you can do a one-time um, almost like a tip uh, and you, you know it's not a repeat payment so it's not much of a commitment if you want to tip the podcast the price of a coffee or a drink if you find that it's helpful or it's made a difference for you so I will leave the housework part there and we'll get on to the business of the podcast so one of the first questions I got asked was were you anxious about getting pregnant aka worried about infertility um, I wasn't really worried about infertility because well I had no reason to be and I know anxiety tends to make you worry about things that haven't happened yet. But for me, my the way my brain worked, I was more concerned about 
if I do get pregnant, how will I feel or how will that impact my anxiety? How will I feel when I have the baby anxiety wise? The fertility thing was definitely something I said I will cross that bridge if and when I come to it. But when we decided to start trying for a baby, it was very much a matter of let's just give it a go and see how we get on. Obviously, I would have found it um, and I can only imagine the anxiety that would go along with um, struggling with fertility. And I've got some friends who've been going through it and I, I know obviously it affects so many different people. Um, so I can only imagine how tough it is. And I was one of the very, very lucky ones that it happened relatively quickly for me. So um that's kind of, that's my only answer for that question, really. Um, did you find it hard to admit you've anxiety to friends and want them to think that you're flying it? No, I think I found it hard to admit it in the very, very beginning, um, like back in 2014 when it hit me first and I didn't understand it, I didn't know how to describe it and I definitely felt like I was the only person and I felt like, you know, a bit cut off and isolated socially from my friends. Um, but the only way that I started to cope like one of the only ways I started to cope was when I decided to vocalize that and tell my nearest and dearest um, how I was feeling and what I was going through and and try to have them understand a little bit more about why I wasn't going out anymore, why I wasn't um, involved in any sort of social activities and, and, and why I was feeling so bad when nothing seemed to be wrong. So um, I didn't find it hard to admit it. I, I did have some, I guess, difficult conversations where some friends maybe at the time would have thought that my withdrawing from life as we knew it was something to do with them but once I explained that this was my way of, of kind of going underground for a while and coping anyone who's a genuine friend will even if they don't experience anxiety or don't understand it they will listen to you and they will respect that that's what you're going through and that's what you need to do um I've never really had a fear of wanting people to think that I'm flying it I've actually had the opposite anxiety where sometimes I feel that when I go through an anxious period and then I come out of it and I say to my friends, oh, like I'm doing much better now, I get this anxiety, which is just so inconvenient that they will then think that, oh, I'm fine now. She's fine. We don't need to worry about her anymore. And that they'll think I never have to deal with anxiety again. And I'm afraid that, well, I will have to deal with it. And I hope that I can still say that and you'll still be there for me. And of course they will. And of course I've had, you know, highs and lows of anxiety where I've vocalized, but that's kind of been more how I've felt. Did you go to counselling for anxiety? Um, hope you don't mind the question and I'm wondering if I should. I absolutely don't mind any question. There's no question I would mind being asked. So please ask away. Yes, I did go to counselling. At first I went to just kind of regular talking therapy and um, that's very helpful, I think, when you're trying to understand what's going on at all. So if you don't really know that it's anxiety or you're not sure where it's coming from, that was very helpful for me. But eventually I got to a point where the talking therapy could only do so much and I was kind of talking around in circles about how bad I was feeling and I was coming out of it feeling you know worse I what it wasn't um practical enough for me it didn't really make me feel like I was doing something about it and at that point I got to the point where I knew it was anxiety I knew why it was anxiety I knew what I was going through but I needed to change it and that's when I switched over to CBT and for that I did um I actually did therapy over FaceTime which is obviously very doable now these days I think most therapy is happening that way and it's it was amazing for me because I was my, my anxiety was so acute that even the idea of leaving my house and getting dressed to go out and make an appointment in town felt like anxiety inducing for me so it was amazing that I could sit there in my pjs and no matter how bad I was feeling I could 
always log on to FaceTime at our appointment time and have this conversation. Um, and that was with a therapist who, and everyone always asks me for therapist recommendations. And I can't give any, first of all, because what works for one person might not for another. And second of all, the woman who I found so amazing no longer does it. So I've literally got nobody to recommend. And actually, maybe if you've got someone to recommend to me, you could let me know because I probably should have a therapist again in my life about now, now that I'm a new mom and I've got so much change going on. Um, so yeah, when I changed to CBT and I've done an entire episode on what CBT is and why it's helpful, um, that really helped put me in the driving seat of owning my anxiety and taking back control and having, you know, experiences and experiments that could test how I was doing and give me sort of a before and after to compare and something to to measure, which I found for my personality and um, made me feel like I was really addressing it. And I, I will never stop recommending CBT to people for anxiety. Um, and also what, it's not that one, it's not one or the other, really. I think if you go to a therapist who does CBT, there's going to be a lot of regular talking therapy in it, and then they will bring in CBT elements to your therapy. So it's not like you have to decide what's right for you. I think you just need to find someone who is very good at understanding anxiety and I imagine they would bring CBT elements into it. And if not, there are so many CBT resources out there for you, one of which will be ready very soon. And that's my own it journal version of the first book which has lots of CBT exercises in it so when that comes I will tell you more about that. Um, can anxiety cause memory loss? I don't know um, and I should probably say at this point for a lot of the questions I got asked um, I'm not a doctor I don't I'm, I don't not have any kind of scientific background in, in terms of like being able to give you practical advice on your anxiety in terms of medication or um what the symptoms and stuff I all I can ever really do is share my experience and what I've learned so far and what I continue to learn and memory loss isn't something that I've experienced and but I imagine it could definitely be a symptom of of anxiety but I I think if you were experiencing memory loss and you, you weren't anxious I probably wouldn't just go jumping to anxiety I'd probably go to the GP first and make sure there's nothing more sinister going on from a neurological perspective and um, what is the difference between an anxiety attack and a panic attack? I don't think there's any difference at all. I think it's just different terminology. Um, they're both the same thing when you have an over um, production of adrenaline and cortisol in your body and you have um, this kind of frightening moment where you enter fight or flight mode and your body floods with these hormones and preparing you to either fight the threat, the perceived threat that you're facing or flee from the situation um, and it can happen you know it doesn't you don't have to be facing any kind of legitimate threat you don't have to be anywhere scary you can be sitting on your sofa which is what happened to me when I first started having panic attacks it would happen to me in the most innocuous seemingly safe environments and I, and I found it so overwhelming um, but I do have a dedicated episode on walking you through a panic attack but yeah there's no difference between anxiety attack and panic attack it's just I suppose the word panic is a little bit scarier um, and anxiety attack might sound a bit more like something you can relate to an ongoing experience of anxiety. Have I had anxiety about losing myself physically, socially, mentally when becoming a mum? Yes, I think so very much in the aftermath of having had a baby and I don't imagine, I don't think that's a any kind of out of the ordinary anxiety. I think it's very, very common and normal if not very much talked about and um, but of course you feel removed from yourself physically you've been through so much change your body no matter what kind of delivery you have it's still quite a traumatic experience to go to to go through even if everything goes according to plan and um, mentally and and physically and everything you know there's so much hormonal upheaval going on that you just feel kind of hit by a bus and inside out so 
I felt really, really acute anxiety in those first few weeks after having my baby. Um, I will delve into this, into like postnatal anxiety in more detail eventually. But um, I, I, I felt so anxious. And the main thing I want to say to anyone who's anxious about having that anxiety after having a baby is it's temporary and it feels like it won't go away. It feels like you'll always feel that way, but it will. And it's so much down to hormones and so much down to exhaustion. And once those hormones settle down, which for me happened within about three weeks, I started to feel so much more like I could cope. Um, socially, of course, you feel removed because your social life changes massively uh, when you have a baby for the first while anyway. Um, for me, because of the year that's in it, it hasn't been an enormous change socially because we're in a pandemic and I wasn't going out with my friends drinking or for dinner. I wasn't traveling anyway. Um, so actually, it probably couldn't have been a better year <laughs> to have a baby in terms of adjustment wise socially. Um, how do you approach a doctor and ask for help or medication? Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. I think you really need to spend some time in thinking about what you want to get from an appointment with a GP. Um, if you are completely in the dark and you're not sure, you know, go to the GP and just explain how you're feeling. If you have been around the block and you've tried so many different things, and for example, you do think that medication is worth trying, decide, you know, have a think about it before you go in so that you kind of have yourself prepared to say, look, um, I've been trying X, Y, and Z. I'm very much aware of what's causing the anxiety and I've, you know, I'm doing all the lifestyle changes necessary, but I feel at this point that I need a little extra helping hand and I'm going to therapy or whatever, because these are things that the GP is probably going to suggest to you before you consider medication. So, and, and that's right. They're right to do that because, you know, you don't want to just have doctors just throwing out prescriptions for medication willy nilly if it's not necessary. Um, and you don't want to be going on medication if you're not addressing the anxiety in other ways as well. So um, I always stress the importance of, you know, medication is wonderful if you need it and it can really make a difference. And it has for me, but it's not the cure, one cure be all and end all. It's it's one way of managing anxiety among many others that are so essential. Um, so just be willing to explain to your GP in very clear language what you're feeling, why you think you need it and um, and, and just take it from there and hopefully they'll be compassionate and be understanding. Just be prepared for a slight reticence in terms of giving the um prescribing you medication um and but no that that's for a good reason they just don't want you walking out of there just taking medication without having really looked at the underlying issues and that's for your own best interest so it comes from a very good place and i think i think it is a good thing that gps certainly here in ireland and i'm sure in the uk are they want to address the full picture with you before just saying oh here i'm just going to throw get rid of this appointment you know i've had it for five minutes just give her medication and i won't have to see her again they want to be a little bit more um I suppose, cautious with you and make sure that they're doing you the best service possible. Fourth trimester anxiety, how to cope, really feeling the struggle. Um, I wonder how many weeks into your fourth trimester you are. Um, for those who have never had a baby or who don't intend to, you might be thinking, what's the fourth trimester? Um, and it's definitely something that's become more popular as a term and um, but it's always been there is in that initial 12 weeks after having had a baby where you go through this massive change physically hormonally in every way your life has been turned upside down and assuming you have are happy about having had a baby it's all for the better but in the short term it's it can feel like a massive shock to your system even if it's been planned and of course you've known you're pregnant this whole time and it still feels like a shock and um, I found it very very hard to cope 
what I did was I, first of all, I just started talking about it to the people that matter most to me because for, for one, when, when I, if I ever bottle things up, it's going to explode 10 times worse. Um, and I'm obviously, if you listen to the series, you know, I'm all about normalizing what we feel and what we go through, even if it's not pretty. Um, so I, as hard as it was to say things like, for example, I just feel so anxious. I feel actually kind of terrified, even though I've given birth to this baby, I'm scared of him. I don't know if I feel that connection yet, or if I feel that instant blissful love that everyone talks about. I'm not really enjoying the newborn phase. All of these things that sound so unmotherly, but are so common and so okay. First of all, I would vocalize it with, you know, maybe it's uh, someone in your family, or maybe it's a best friend, or someone who's been there before. Because what I have found when I've been sharing my experience of um, postpartum anxiety on Instagram, which is, you know, not everyone has to do that. That's just what I choose to do because I share everything. But I've heard from countless mothers who have said, I felt the exact same and I promise you it gets better. I promise you, you'll feel more like you can cope before you know it. And I promise you, so many women are feeling it and not saying it. And I understand why people aren't saying it. It feels very bizarre to say things that sound like they just don't gel with everything that we have been conditioned to think and know and believe about that first the first flush of love with your newborn baby and it can take a while for that love to come and it can take a while for you to feel that connection and you kind of have to get to know your baby all you know from the very beginning even though they've been in your tummy it's like you didn't just fall in love with your your partner in in instantly you had to get to know them so I think you have to allow that time to get to know your baby as well and trust that it will come in terms of the anxiety yeah definitely just talking to people and perhaps you could talk to someone who specializes in postpartum anxiety so what I did was I got onto this amazing postpartum doula and she has a really fabulous course online called Nua Nua if you google it you'll find it N-U-A-N-U-A and Layla runs that course and I had a half an hour phone call with her twice a week for three weeks, the first three weeks after having had my baby and she focused entirely on me. So not the baby, not what the baby needs or how the baby's doing, but how am I doing and what do I need to feel like I am being taken care of right now? And I was able to vocalize all of my deepest, darkest worries and anxieties to her. And it was so amazing to have someone who could say, you know, you're perfectly fine and normal. This is not, you're not a monster for feeling this way. The anxiety is so much to do with the hormones for me, it was like a life raft. Um, and now that I'm at the time of recording this, my baby is now um, approaching nine weeks old. The anxiety has gone way, way, way down. I do not feel anywhere near the level of anxiety I felt in those first three weeks. So if I can tell you anything, it's that it will pass. It will pass and it will get easier and you will find it easier to cope. Trust that it's hormones and trust that they take time to level out with everything. Whenever we have hormonal anxiety, whether it's a stressful period or whether it's, you know, even going through something like a bad period, it just takes a little bit of time for hormones to rectify themselves after something big like that, okay? Did you have to stop anxiety medication whilst being pregnant and breastfeeding? No, I stayed on my medication. Now, not every medication is suitable for pregnancy. So it's a conversation if you're on medication to have with your GP or your, your healthcare provider. Um, it's a conversation I had several times in the lead up to becoming pregnant. Just when I was having, you know, my smear test or regular checkups, I would just say, listen, what's the story if I do have a baby, if I do get pregnant with this medication? Because I'd rather not come off it really abruptly while at the same time having all of the pregnancy hormones take effect. Um, luckily, the one that I was on, Prozac, is um, perfectly fine to take, I've been told by my GP and my consultant, perfectly fine to take while you're pregnant. So I did that. I didn't even change the dosage or anything. 
I stayed on that the whole time and I stayed on it afterwards and I stayed on it breastfeeding and I'm still on it now and I because I've had such acute anxiety in the aftermath there was no way I was going to just come off it right away um people ask me all the time if I'm ever going to come off it I do think I would like to at some point but I also don't want to come off it just because I feel like it's more socially acceptable to not be taking medication for me it works for me it makes a huge difference it doesn't make my anxiety go away entirely I'm still very capable of feeling anxiety I just feel it a little bit less than I maybe did back in the day when it was so severe and it helps me cope better it helps me put in place things like you know good nutrition or exercise or or good sleep routine that that help anxiety for me so um I didn't go off my medication but but some medications I think aren't suitable so just make sure you have the conversation with your GP You should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, when you're having an anxious day or week, what do you do to de-stress? No baths, obviously. Okay, so this is because I was doing Instagram stories about having had a bath during the week that I can never get the temperature right. I'm either boiling like a lobster or I'm lying there freezing, too stubborn to get out because I've carved out the time to have a bath and I want to enjoy it and it, I can never get it quite right. Um, but if I can, baths are definitely, at least the idea of a bath is something that de-stresses me. But some of the things that I do... Um, and I've, I think I've done an episode on exactly what I do when 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 I feel a wave of anxiety come. I've done so many at this stage, I just kind of forget. But I'll talk you through it now. So I would, first of all, start by having a conversation with my husband and saying, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Haven't felt this way in a while. Um, and I would just tease it out and just try and if I was having a hard time, you know, figuring out why I was anxious together, we would say, well, let, let, let's take a look at the bigger picture. What's going on in your life right now? What are your vulnerability factors? And I've said this a million times. Vulnerability factors are things that you might experience in your life at any time that would give rise to anxiety. So it could be um, being, you know, right now, my vulnerability factors are I'm having absolutely shag all sleep because I have a newborn baby. Um, another vulnerability factor would be that, um you know, one could be that you're under the weather. It could be that you're under a lot of pressure in work. It could be that you've got something coming down the line that you're worried about. And um, so there's many different vulnerability factors. And 
sometimes it's hard to identify anxiety, but not when you start to think about those things. And it might, one vulnerability factor alone might cause anxiety, but a couple together or one that's been kind of left unaddressed or, you know, gotten bigger over time could make you a little bit more susceptible to more anxious thoughts. And that's okay. And um, so having that conversation is, is number one. Then thinking, okay, well, how can I dial things back? So if I have, if it was a normal non-pandemic time, I would look at my calendar and kind of cut away things that aren't necessary and, and really bring, make my world much smaller and have more time at home, have planning some early nights, I would ease off the sugar and the caffeine just temporarily while I am feeling, you know, very anxious. I would get lots of fresh air, go for walks. Um, I probably peel myself back a little bit from social media. Um, sometimes social media is a bit of a double-edged sword because for me, it's so relevant to my work and I get so much comfort from it in that I'm hearing from people all the time who, you know, feel the way I feel, for example, with the post-pregnancy um, anxiety. I've just had so many incredible women reach out to me and comfort me and say that I'm not alone in feeling that fear, that initial fear and that they felt it too. And that had, that made me so much more able to cope. But at the same time, sometimes I find that being on social media too much can kind of add to anxiety. So I'll sort of check in with myself and see, do I want to take a step back from social media or not? Um, and yeah, just kind of just go back to basics. So go back to eating well, sleeping well, making my life less busy, having baths if I can get the temperature right, spending time with my husband and and just dialing everything down. And usually that's kind of all it takes for me to, to sort of bring the stress levels down. That plus time. So allowing for a couple of days, you know, you can't just acknowledge that you're anxious and then say, oh, well, I know I'm anxious now, so it should just be gone. It takes time for hormones to rebalance and for all that that nervous energy to kind of simmer down. How did you decide on which type of therapy or which therapist was right for you? So I addressed this already and I wasn't really sure and there was no kind of decision made in terms of what was right for me. I just sort of went to generic therapy first and then eventually sort of discovered CBT and for anxiety I think CBT is the absolute go-to so I would I I would definitely do CBT for anxiety if, if that's what's causing you um stress in your life right now um techniques for failing for falling asleep and overthinking oh god this is just so hard but and I should have I should have read all these questions in advance but I'm going through them literally live as I record this I think if you're if you're having trouble falling asleep first of all my mother always told me and it stuck with me ever since she told me that a rest is as good as being asleep and that has always taken the pressure off me to get asleep so if I'm lying there and I'm not asleep and I'm thinking oh my god I need to go asleep I stop myself I cut that talk straight away and I say oh well actually lying here resting is as good for me as being asleep now that might not be true to the extent that sleep is so important but resting is definitely better than being on the go slowing your breathing down resting can only be good for you so I say well look I'm resting I'm getting time out here and that takes the pressure off massively to fall asleep there's no pressure to fall asleep you're just taking time out I focus on my breathing massively and there is many breathing exercises that are tailored to helping you drift off, but you can anything as simple as just counting your breaths in, really long inhales and really slow exhales and taking breaths at the, at the end, just taking a moment at the end before you inhale again can really help to bring your focus away from your thoughts into your body, doing a body scan and just putting, putting headphones on and popping on a guided meditation makes such a difference as well. Another thing that really helps me is if there's something that's actually really bothering you or playing on your mind and kind of going around in circles, don't fight it, don't try and resist it, but just say, okay, 
this is on my mind, get up, get a pen and paper and write everything down. Allow yourself to have a moment to indulge in the worries and indulge in all of the worst case scenarios that are popping up into your head. Write it all down and then it's no longer, you know, bottled up inside of you. You've addressed it. So, and, and like follow things through to their, to their conclusion. So if you're worried, okay, I'm worried that this will happen. Well, ask yourself, well, what if this does happen? And consider the worst case scenario and then consider if that does happen, how will I cope? And when you do this exercise, it actually takes the fear out of a lot of what, a lot of fear, takes all the fear and the stress out of those kind of thoughts and worries that come up late at night. Um, so I would do that. And then it's kind of tell yourself, I've addressed that. I've, I'm going to park that now and I'm going to rest. And I know that there's nothing there that I haven't paid attention to. I can pick this up again in the morning and I can worry about it again tomorrow if I want to. But now I'm going to allow myself the permission to rest. So those things for me make a massive difference. Um, and obviously, if you're really having a hard time for a few days in a row getting to sleep and you're having a lot of um, anxious thoughts, the phone is just, it's so easy to gravitate towards it and it's so easy to scroll on, on social media and it's so easy to just read the news and everything. Um, but you really do need to to take a step back from all the technology and all that blue light in your bedroom and go back to basics of reading and meditation and, you know, nice deep, deep sleep pillow spray and that kind of thing. I'm severely struggling with the sick phobia. What's your routine when you feel nauseated? Um, I presume this is relating to pregnancy again. My routine when I feel nauseated, I don't really have one. It's not a nice feeling. Um, I I was so overexposed to it when I was pregnant that I probably, I've probably taken away some of the fear of it now. Um, I certainly haven't felt nauseous since I had the baby. And before I had the baby, I would have felt nauseous quite a lot. And I think a lot of that time it would have just been a fear that maybe I ate something bad and maybe I'd be sick and what would happen if I was up all night being sick um and I'm probably too busy with the baby now to even have time to think those anxious thoughts um which is a good thing about having a baby actually um you know obviously you're anxious in the first while after having had the baby or you're you know you're worried about the baby but you don't have as much time to worry about things in your own head you know like what people think of you or that kind of thing you're because you're quite intensely focused for for a while anyway that's been my experience so yeah I don't doesn't there's nothing really I can say about nausea just have to know that um it will pass and sometimes the fear of getting sick feels so much worse than the reality and for me anyway whenever I did get sick I felt so much better and then you get a break from the nausea um so I actually realized that nausea was worse than vomiting so now I'm probably less afraid of vomiting and more afraid of nausea can anything be done for hormone-related anxiety, which is unbearable waking up? Yes, so I did an episode on hormones with Dr. Mary Ryan, who's an endocrinologist, and she's just fantastic. And that was one of the major, major stumbling blocks for me when my anxiety was so bad. And actually, to this day, if I ever feel really anxious, my mornings are horrible. Um, and the mornings in the postpartum experience were, were horrendous. I'd actually have an upset stomach every morning for a while. I felt the anxiety coursing through my body. Um, and for anyone who isn't aware, the reason that is, is because we produce cortisol in the morning naturally to wake us up. And if we're already very stressed out and anxious, which, you know, I was at this t this particular time in my life and just recently when I was postpartum, um, we're already producing lots of cortisol and lots of adrenaline because we've, we're stressed and because we're feeling under pressure. So we have a surplus of us in our, in our bodies already. And then we get this morning jolt of, of, of cortisol and then it's just, it's too much and we're sleepy and we're not quite aware um, and suddenly we kind of just have this overload in our body and it, for me it really manifested in my muscles and I would just feel all this horrible tension so for me the most important thing with that is to get up get out of bed so if you're if you're in a phase where you're feeling that 
set an alarm even sooner than you think you get up so that it hasn't maybe hit in yet get up get out of bed get in a hot shower get your muscles moving and for me I always felt a hundred times better when I didn't try and like lie there and ride through it in bed I've never ever felt good doing that and so for me that's been the most crucial thing and definitely getting into warm water helps to ease the muscles um, and getting straight into something that can just kind of distract you from that initial morning anxiety and so for me when after I had the baby some people say it's you know it's amazing if you manage to share yourself when you've had a new baby um in those first few weeks but I made such a priority to get up and just have that hot water run over my body um, and release that tension and take time to breathe in the shower and eventually that cortisol that that kind of comes in the morning it will it will taper off as the day goes on so know that it's not going to last all day it's going to ease and as crap as it feels right now it's short term and I think when I understood why I was feeling anxious in the morning and why I was feeling this surge that helped me cope with it better too even though it didn't make it go away I think just understanding the why and, and it's not that you're going crazy it's not that the mornings are some bizarre time for any other reason than hormones and um, so just understand that and then of course in your day-to-day life do what you can to bring down that cortisol in other ways so in all the different ways that I cover in owning it the book and in all the ways that I've covered throughout all of these series so far do you think anxious people struggle in romantic relationships more than an average person yeah possibly um I think I definitely had a lot of anxiety around getting into a new relationship because I was worried about whether my partner would be okay with the fact that I was you know an anxious person or like had a nervous disposition or was a bit of a worrier or you know when I first met Barry like I hadn't really done any traveling or anything like that and I was you know scared of the idea of doing it I think it's really important and I've again I've done an episode on on relationships and anxiety um with Ashlyn Keenan in her podcast um which is called Private Education. Uh, and I actually had that episode appear on my series too, but we go into it in great detail. But I think it's really important not to hide your anxiety when you are dating. So, you know, normalize it in every way. Don't don't think of it as this big secret that you have to reveal at some point when you trust someone. Anxiety is something that we all feel all the time. You can probably rest assured the person that you're dating will have felt it at some point or another. So I would say kind of address it casually and conversationally early on in the relationship so that it doesn't become this big thing that you have to you're harboring secretly and then when if it's if it's someone who's decent and you know someone who you should who is worthy of your time they will understand and they won't run away from you they will they will say yeah like that makes sense I understand and 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 if they're anything like Barry they will just become a source of support and another way that helps you cope um, in your life and obviously I'm incredibly lucky to have that and I know I know not everyone is the same um, but I think the more and more we normalize anxiety the more people will understand it the more it won't be this you know third person in your relationship and actually the less we'll feel it anyway and I think that whenever in terms of when you're in a relationship being anxious um, I certainly know and this is just a really arse holy symptom of my anxiety but when I feel really bad so for example in those first few weeks after having a baby it makes me very anxious about my relationship because I worry that I'm too much for Barry or I worry that you know I don't know why but I just worry that is this enough for him is he happy is it good enough for him like I kind of go back to thinking that he's putting up with me whereas when I feel really good I think you're so lucky to have me um and obviously I'm very lucky to have him so that is an anxiety that I have in relationships um kind of just thinking about worst case scenario thinking which is just a characteristic of anxiety in general and it's a common mind trap with anxiety and so 
catastrophic thinking, worst case scenario thinking, personalization is another mind trap um which I cover in the book and that's where you know for example if someone is in a bad mood and you just think automatically it's your fault um that's a real anxiety driver um and it's a real pain in the arse but I think when you learn to identify those mind traps and catch them when you fall into them you can say okay see what's happening here and you can choose to kind of put it to one side and step out of it can you ever get rid of anxiety I've been anxious all my life and I can't get a handle on it I really hate to be the bearer of bad news um I think you can definitely have really long periods of time in your life where anxiety is not an issue or get to a point where you don't even, you know, doesn't even register with you. You don't think of yourself as an anxious person. Um, I have certainly had very, very long gaps of a couple of years anyway, where anxiety really wasn't a feature in my life, only for the fact that I talk about it and I write about it and I and I obviously do the series. It it comes up in conversation for me daily. Um, but for me, the biggest when everything got better for me was when I realized that I needed to stop chasing a cure or a fix or stop thinking of it as something to get rid of and started thinking of it as something to manage and that's not what I wanted to be told at the time and I'm sure it's not what you want to hear right now if you're feeling really bad but it's you have to understand what anxiety is it's not a virus like the coronavirus that's going to come and take over and then go it's a stress response and it's rising and falling depending on what, what's going on in our life and depending on what different stresses we're facing and what different vulnerability factors we're facing. So unless you want to go and live you know, under a rock and never have your cortisol challenged or never feel stress or feel fear with all of these things which are very you know, normal and very essential parts of life, you're not going to get to a point where you never have anxiety but you absolutely can get to a point where you understand it really well it never gets too ugly it never becomes more than anything you can handle it never becomes something that lasts more than you know a couple of days or weeks and once you've experienced it once and then you've taken the time to understand what it is and and why it's happening why it's happening for you particularly I don't think you'll ever experience it to the extent that you first did ever again and even for me the probably the hardest anxiety I've had since my first real wave of it in 2014 has been my postpartum anxiety but I think that's probably the biggest one of the biggest life changes and biggest transitions you can go through in your life and so that I found that challenging but I think you can go through really really hard times in life and once you understand what's going on it doesn't mean what the anxiety will, will go away, but it, it might be something you can manage much better and it might not last as long for you. And you might find, which I find now, that I come out of it much quicker than I ever would have. And a lot of that is to do with the fact that I'm not pressuring myself for it to go away or I'm not pressurizing myself to never have anxiety in my life. Acceptance is absolutely paramount. Um, and I think getting a handle on it really requires you to let go of the idea that it's something that you can cure or get rid of. Will it always be this trash? I feel like I go through constant cycles of shit at the moment. No, it won't always be this trash and I don't know you or what you're going through but there's an amazing chapter in a book called The Rules of Life by Richard Templer and it's very short and he just says only healthy salmon, sorry, only dead fish swim with the stream. So if you're a healthy salmon, he says, you are swimming up against the stream and you're constantly, you know, raging different torrents and you're battling, you know, babbling brooks, trying to get, trying to make your way upstream because you are healthy and because you are living, we're going to have to go through those times. And then the healthy salmon will sometimes find itself, you know, lolling in these very calm backwaters. And life, he says, is a series of struggles and lulls. And I've always, always had this in my head that no matter what's going through, it's not permanent. So whether you're in a really amazing phase 
things will change, life happens. But if you're in a really t- tough phase, the same goes, life will change, things will happen. Everything is transient and that's what makes life so amazing. But also I can understand that it makes life so anxiety inducing. And really all you can do is live in the moment and see where where can I take control? Where can I put myself in the driving seat of what I'm going through right now and make a change if that's a change that you can make. Um, and my next book, Naked, um, really is all about making change in our life uh, when, when when it's change to do with either thoughts or behaviours that we fall into that that make us feel that don't really serve us very well. Um, so that's the focus of that book. So I hope that will be of benefit to you. Um, and I noticed now I'm at 37 minutes. Um, so I probably should wrap this up. And thank you so much for your questions. I'm, I'm so sorry that I don't have time to get through any more. I hope this has been helpful. And I really appreciate you listening and tuning in. Um, and as always, mind yourself and take care and keep owning your anxiety. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.